You know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. guys welcome to another episode of drunk or delirious we are your hosts hannah and emily hi guys uh we are so excited to have a special guest on today um she her name is sarah and she is a fitness and nutrition coach that i personally have been working with for the last almost two weeks um and we are so excited to have you on today sarah Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so I am a fitness and nutrition coach. I've been a personal trainer for almost seven years now. Um, so I started out working in a gym as a personal trainer, and then I got my PN1 Precision Nutrition Certification, and I started fully online coaching almost five years ago, so about four and a half, five years of online coaching. So I now do full fitness and nutrition coaching altogether. Um, And there's a lot of reasons why I transitioned into that, but that's a little bit about me and what I do. Cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, We need help. I need help. (laughs) Well, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I mean, I work with tons of people in healthcare. And I mean, this is a theme I've seen since I started personal training. When I was a personal trainer, I worked with with multiple surgeons. I worked with a lot of nurses. I didn't work with any night nurses as a personal trainer because the scheduling just never really worked out. But now that I do fully online, I work with people in all sorts of jobs, um, all sorts of schedules, traveling, uh, people who work night shift. And I think one of the biggest things that I see that's really common is there's a really big lack of education when it comes to nutrition, especially Mm -hmm. for people in healthcare, which is really surprising to me. Um, But I'm I'm definitely not um, new to working with people in the healthcare system. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like truthfully like something – it's – I mean, we – have to take a nutrition course in our prerequisites, I think, for nursing school. But like other than that, there's nothing. Yeah. And it the basics of nutrition, like I took nutritional science in college too. And it does not dive into how to like apply it to your mm-hmm. own life or how to actually use like the science behind nutrition and make it applicable, right? Like um, Emily knows we talk about flexible dieting and tracking macros. And that's really just taking the basic science of nutrition <laughs> and making and applying it to the food that you're actually putting in your body. And obviously, we don't even need to get too in-depth into the science side of things in order to make it applicable to you guys. Because I think for a lot of people who do work full-time jobs, and especially healthcare workers, when you're already on the go, it's either I can't find time to meal prep, or I can't find time to eat when I'm on shift. I'm always on my feet. Mm-hmm. I'm on the go. I maybe have five minutes or two minutes between clients. It's about figuring out like what the controllable factors are there when there feels like generally, for, generally speaking, it feels like there's so much out of your control, especially on shift. Yeah. Seriously. It is surprising like how unhealthy I feel like nurses and people in healthcare really can be. Sometimes they're like the most unhealthy people. I mean, like, truthfully. You know, out – 
sometimes they're like out on their smoke break. Like not not so much like our generation, but like the older generation. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like they're just chugging like soda all night long. They come in with like, a big gulp and like oh or God. like a venti frappuccino and like yes. that's all they'll eat or drink all night. And you're like Or like the Dutch Bros in Arizona. <laughs> you guys know that coffee? Yeah. Dutch Bros yeah, coffee. Dutch Bros is so good. It's so good. It's <laughs> really like good. Sh- straight sugar. Straight like sugar. they're just like drinking like a giant <laughs> microwavable meals. You know, it's like I think it's probably a lot to do with like we're exhausted and like convenience, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your your tips. Yeah. Well, yes. And I definitely have some like basic tips that I will give, but I think that's kind of the one thing. People are always look for like looking for the quote unquote like easiest way out. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, okay, what can I do that's like a quick fix or super easy? And that is gonna be like grabbing a maybe like granola bar or a cliff bar or something from the grocery store or gas station. But generally that that's giving you about 50 grams of sugar, but yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing as having a giant gulp or a soda. You're just going to end up having the sugar high and then you're going to crash an hour later and you're going to feel like crap and your energy is going to dip for the rest of the night. So just because something is marketed as healthy or whole grain it doesn't necessarily mean it's nutritious. And when I talk about nutritious, what I mean is having a balance of protein, carbs, and fats and having nutrient-dense foods. So like less processed foods, foods with more Mm -hmm. micronutrients in them, like vegetables, fruits, and whole grains that have fiber in them. So they'll help keep you satiated so that you don't have that just like big sugar crash. And again, it's not that carbs are bad. It's just strategizing a little bit more. So you have um, more regulated blood sugar levels and you're not constantly having those highs and lows and energy drops, especially during a night shift. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my first tip is don't look for the easy way out because the easy way out isn't going to actually change your lifestyle, your body, your energy levels. It might give you a quick fix in terms of seeing the number on the scale drop, but that's not actually going to make you feel any better, perform any better if you are wanting to stay active and work out, which you should be not just for your body, but also for your health. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you guys see this all the time with like your patients, like people who just don't prioritize their health at all. They're not active. And obviously down the road that will lead to health conditions. And that's why it's always so surprising to me because I do work with so many healthcare workers, how little people seem to put in that effort for their own health, even though they're constantly helping other people get healthy. It's, I mean, it's crazy too. I mean, I, so many nurses are like coming to mind right now that I've worked with in the past that like, truthfully, it's, it's hard to see, like they really just don't take care of themselves like at all. Like there are some, like if you like struggle to like walk down the hallway to get to your patient, Mm -hmm. like it's astounding. And it's like years of putting your patient's before yourself, mm-hmm. I think, for a lot of people too. And I know like when you said the cliff bar thing, I was like, guilty. Like totally. That's totally like my go-to is like, oh yeah, like it's a protein bar. Like I'm very aware that it has a lot of sugar in it, but I'm like, ah, but it's like filling, it's delicious, whatever. So I'll just grab that. But and also there's been like so many shifts. Not I mean, not so many, but there's been shifts where like shit hits the fan. And I ate breakfast at like 5.45 or something like before I leave to go to work. And I usually do try to have a snack around 10 or something, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And then if things are crazy, like there's been times where I don't eat until 4 p.m. And like 
I can feel myself getting jittery. Like, oh God, and yeah. I'm like, I'm pissed. Like, I'm hangry. <laughs> hangry. <laughs> and like, I'm like, my my blood sugar's like ten right now. And <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like treating my hypoglycemic baby. <laughs> but what about me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that is the hard thing, right? That's why I said like you have to focus on what is controllable. Yeah. Because in situations like that, I'm not gonna like yell at my client and be like, "You have to have a full meal like with right. all of these different micronutrients." No, like if you only have a Cliff Bar, like yeah, I don't want you passing out and getting hypoglycemic and falling floor. <laughs> like definitely have the Cliff Bar, but what can you have after you get off of work? You could have an actual balanced meal. You know, there's yeah. there's going to be controllable factors and factors out of your control. And when you're on shift and you don't have time, yes, you're going to have to grab the easiest option. But make that easy option something a little bit more nutritious. Like bring a protein bar that has mm-hmm. a balance of protein, carbs, and fat instead of like Cliff Bars, which are all sugar and carbs. Like yeah. there's different there's different types of ways of um, kind of strategizing that. And that's what I tell my clients. Like if you're looking at the nutritional content of a protein bar, most of them have 20, 25 grams of protein. They should have 20 to 30 grams of carbs and five to 10 grams of fat. That's more of a balance than something like a Cliff Bar that's like four grams of protein, 38 to 40 grams of sugar, and like 10 grams of fat. You know, so there's a little bit more strategy to it, of course. But also if you just make something to bring with you, like something like a wrap, like a turkey wrap or something that you can throw in the fridge with like hummus and vegetables and avocado or whatever it might be, that takes you pretty much the same amount of time to eat as a Cliff Bar. So it's just having a little bit more awareness around it, I think. And it's it's not that it's going to be perfect because it definitely won't. But just having um, like the education going into it, I think people are just not educated about how to make food choices or how to look Mm -hmm. at like the nutrient content of meals or of certain foods. And it's really easy. You don't need to be obsessive about it. You don't need to weigh out every single thing that you're eating. I don't force my clients to weigh out every single thing that they're eating, but I give them the set amount of macros. And the goal is to get as close as possible to those macros. If you're five grams off, if you're 10 grams off, okay, not a big deal. But if you're getting within that range, you're Mm -hmm. still staying within your caloric and macronutrient needs for the day. But again, it's not easy. You do have to plan. You do have to meal prep. You do have to prioritize it. And I think a lot of times people, especially in like very hardworking, high intensity environments, such as nursing where you're on your feet all all the time, you're not thinking about yourself first because you can't. But how are you going to be the best for your patients and your coworkers and everyone else in your life if you don't take care of yourself? Yeah. Preach. (laughs) I talk about that all the time because I work with a lot of moms too mm -hmm. and moms don't take care of themselves generally they just and of course like you're gonna put your kids first you that's going to be the first thing that comes to mind but if you're not taking care of yourself and your health how are you gonna have the energy to chase after your kids or take care of your patients or whatever it might be Yeah. yeah legitimate like I I that's like my biggest thing. Um, and like, I th- I've told you this, Sarah, too, that like, I'm going back to school for nutrition and like functional medicine. And like, that is something I'm so passionate about as well is educating nurses. Because yeah, it's gonna, uh, the end result is gonna be better patient care. And really? like better lives as and less burnout for us nurses. Like, it's just a whole, 
Yeah. Yes. I knew you hear about nurses getting burnt the F out mm-hmm. all the time. I, mm-hmm. Again, I've worked with nurses since I started and I have friends who are nurses, friends who are travel nurses. I have one of my clients, she travels every three months to a new position in a new state. Yeah. And oh, it is, <laughs> it's, it's mentally exhausting. It's physically exhausting. And you do have to, you have to think of like going to the gym and meal prepping and taking care of yourself and your nutrition as something that's actually benefiting you. You can't mm-hmm. think of it as a chore or something that's like a hassle to do. You have to be like, this is something that's going to make me mentally better. It's going to help my energy. It's going to help the quality of my life. And that's that's what I really try to reiterate too because oh, I had this one girl. She didn't even sign on as a client, but I just remember vividly our consultation call because she wanted to do it so bad and she was she was a full-time nurse and she just said that she felt so shamed by her coworkers and she worked in the south i think she was in georgia mm-hmm. she said that she felt so shamed whenever she would say like no i'm not going out for drinks after shifts like i need to get up for the gym in the morning or if she brought her own meal prep that people would like tease her about it i was like yeah it's happened to um, emily <laughs> Are we in like middle school? <laughs> I was like, who cares what these people think? Seriously, if you're taking care of your health and you're going to live longer and you're going to feel better on shift, like who God. the fuck cares what anyone else is saying? But she really, I mean, she really did care and people were shaming her for taking care of her health. And I just found that so yeah. sad. I that's and that's interesting too that she's in Georgia like that makes sense I feel like here in Denver or when I was like in San Francisco as a travel nurse like it's very much a normal thing for people to like meal prep and bring their stuff um but this literally this morning at work someone brought in a box of donuts like Krispy Kremes um and they like the girl came around and like offered me one and I was like no I'm good like one I'm fine but to like, I'll eat a donut if I want a donut, but like, I didn't want it. It's going to make my stomach hurt. Like, I no thank you. But like, she jokes and she goes, oh, skinny bitches. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. She, and yeah. So it's just like, oh, geez. like, and I know she's kidding. Funny. And like, I totally get it. It's the same thing. Like when I go out with people and they're not in the training world, they're like, oh, you would never eat a burger. And I'm like, no, it's not that. Like, if I want a burger, I'll have a burger. But it's like yeah. you make the choices that feel best for you. We are we are full grown adults, so we can we can make these choices for ourselves. You know. Yeah, like I don't need to eat a donut if I don't need want a donut. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean that I'm like a, a skinny bitch or like a stickler right. with all my food. I'm like, well, it's totally like, different if you're like anorexic or like if you have an eating disorder and you're like not eating, which yeah. is that's like not. Oh not you <laughs> and that's not the not an, and I'm it's also not an like, issue it's a non-issue yeah I'm like I've actually um weighed my food out very specifically today so <laughs> that was a lot of effort and I'm not gonna like yeah I don't want a donut because it's gonna just ruin all of that too like yeah. I'm fine and yeah, didn't the other nurses like uh in Boston say something about some like oh my god yeah out? yeah we what happened now I want to know I printed out this like meal prep calendar and was like trying to fill it out at work and like yeah so Hannah and I were 
Hannah's still a travel nurse. I was a travel nurse for two and a half years. So like, yeah, trying to figure out like how to meal prep and like what grocery stores to go to and do all the things living in a new city. I was just trying to like meal prep my week and I had it on a calendar and I left it on a desk and like went off into a room and then I came back and this group of nurses like had picked up my calendar and we're all just like talking about it and laughing like, oh my God, like, oh, so anal. And I was like, that's mine. Thank you. Like, I'm going to take that back now. You know what's so funny to me is that I I feel like people look at just humans in general, men or women that prioritize fitness and prioritize their health and there's so much judgment surrounding mm-hmm. it. Like, people look at like you who prioritizes your health even though you have a crazy life and a busy schedule and they're like, oh, she thinks she's better than me. Or like me, people think I just stay in the gym all day long and that's all I do. And like, and so obviously I must think that I'm better than everyone. That is not the case at all. Anyone who steps foot in the gym is just working to better themselves. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I think fitness and health, like that that needs to be the message around fitness and health. Like you're doing it to better yourself, to be the best version of yourself. It's not about anyone else. And then the judgment comes from people who are generally looking at you meal prepping and putting in that effort for yourself and just comparing to what they're not doing because they don't feel like they're capable of it. Yep. It's yeah. they're judging themselves, but then mm-hmm. they're judging you in return. Yeah, it's all their it's insecurities. Easier. Yeah. Like easier yeah. to judge you than to actually take responsibility. Absolutely. Cause the thing about fitness is anybody can do it. Anybody can start going mm-hmm. to the gym three days a week for 45 minutes. Anybody, no matter what your no matter how many night shifts you work, I have clients who work four night shifts a week and still prioritize waking up and going to the gym. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about prioritizing, and it doesn't mean it's easy. I feel like on fitness on fitness Instagram and TikTok, people do try to simplify things a lot, and just because you're trying to simplify it doesn't mean it's going to be easy or it's not going to require effort. Like meal prepping, planning, going to the gym, it does require effort, but mm-hmm. you just have to remember why you're doing it. Yeah. Right. I think one of my biggest struggles too, when I worked the night shifter worked, you know, in the hospital setting, like now I have a consistent schedule and I'm super excited, but before I didn't. And I felt like it was really difficult for me, um, to figure out when I was, um, like meal prepping. I didn't have a certain day each week that I was going to do that. And on the days after your night shift, you feel like shit. Like it was just like a really big struggle. Yeah, I think so. What I generally try to figure out with my clients, because most of the people I work with do have a more consistent schedule, unless they're traveling and travel nursing. Um, so sometimes I'll I'll recommend doing a meal prep service, just if you know you have a crazy week. That doesn't mean you need to do it every week, and it doesn't need to be for every meal too. But most cities do have local meal prep services. So even if you just get it for one main meal, and then you make like two balanced snacks to bring with you to mm-hmm. your shift. That's pretty helpful. Um, I do that sometimes when I'm traveling. If I know I'm going to be somewhere for a week, I'll order a week's worth of meal prep. Um, And again, I don't like to do that every week because it does get expensive. But if you just know you have a really crazy week or a really crazy month, that is like kind of an easy way to supplement some meals. Um, Or sometimes local restaurants, if you ask, they will just make you like a bunch of grilled chicken breasts and you could just buy that so that you don't have to – because I feel like protein is honestly like the hardest and most time-consuming thing to meal prep. Yeah. Unless Mm -hmm. you have a crock pot. Again, I definitely have a lot of meal prep tips, but crock pots, oh my gosh. Lifesaver. When I was in college and personal training, I used a crock pot all the time. You just 
put a bunch of chicken breasts and like some seasoning or whatever you want in it and let it sit the whole time you're at your shift. It'll be done by the time you're back. And then That's I think you really overcomplicate meal prep. Like really, you don't need to make all those fancy like color-coded different Pinterest perfect meals. Like have a carb source, have a protein, have a vegetable, add some type of sauce that has fats in it and you're good to go. Like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be that fancy. Um and I'm I'm huge on condiments. Find some condiments that you like. Find some dressing sauces that you like, and just mix up the different flavors, and you won't get bored of it. Yeah, yeah. I need to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I try to do like yeah, like you said, like too much. Because I do like to cook sometimes, like more elaborate recipes. But then it then I get overwhelmed, and then I end up eating either eating out or like yeah, like we were talking about before, just something that's grabbing something that's convenient but not necessarily healthy. But I feel like that you make it sound like it's so easy. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it's not. It's hard, but like you, you just have to think about it. Like you have yeah, to plan. You just have to, yeah, yeah. You have to it's plan. just effort. It's honestly right. just effort. Like. And it does have to be a choice, right? It's not – you're not just going to decide, today I'm going to be this healthy meal prep queen and then it's going to automatically <laughs> show up in front of you. Like that would be great. Um, but it, it does take some planning but not as much as people think. Like I Instacart my groceries, first of all, $10 a month and you get free delivery on all of your groceries and you can Instacart from Costco. So I Instacart my groceries and I just get the basics like the veggies, protein, carb source, and then I just – I I do like to meal prep one day a week on Sunday and then I put half of it in the freezer for the rest of the week and it's just so easy to have at least your protein sources prepped mm. because carb sources are really easy to make like whenever you need them. So like, you yeah. get some microwavable rice packets, super easy. Um, but protein takes the most amount of effort. But once you start getting into the routine of it, like they say 21 days and it becomes a habit, right? Mm-hmm. So. You just have to start and it's going to be hardest at the beginning, just like night shift, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so hard for the first like couple weeks or the first month or so and then you start to adapt. Yeah. I mean, true. It, <laughs> yeah, it is. And I feel like – I mean, I just made, made a um, chicken in the crock pot on Sunday like for this week. Like that's uh, – I feel like the crock pot is huge. But yeah, it really just takes like – doing it again and getting into the habit of it like it's now it's just second nature for me like or you know and when I was working night shift and I got into this habit like it was just like okay yeah no like I I just need to make my meals and have all these things um I feel like a lot of people struggle with when to eat overnight or like feeling nauseous and stuff when they're eating overnight too um so they just don't eat it's wild to me yeah from what I've heard from clients, I've never heard of someone feeling nauseous, but I guess that would kind of make sense. Um, but they just don't have time also or like when to start the eating window. I just say like start your eating window when you wake up and end it when you go to sleep. Like that's the easiest way to do it because if you're trying to like calculate the amount of hours in a day and like when you're working night shift and you're awake for part of the day, it's just not going to work. Start it when you wake up, end it when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way to track if you are tracking macros to do it that way. Um, and I've never heard of anyone getting nauseous, but I mean, it's definitely hard, I'm sure, if you're just on your feet the entire time and you haven't adapted to that schedule yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure as you go and your body starts to adapt, it's probably not as hard to get your meals in. It can be. I don't know. So like I, I'm not on night shift right now either, but when I was – I, if I was working three in a row, 
I would before that be like sleeping during the night because I would like want to be on the same schedule as like my boyfriend and everybody else. And then before my first night shift, I would like try to go to bed a little bit later, but it might be like midnight, you know, because I'm not that like I'm not. I don't know. I couldn't like stay up to like three or something like that. And then I would end up sleeping in as late as I possibly could. But sometimes that would be like 11 a.m. or something like that. And then I'm just up from 11 a.m. till then I start my shift at 7 p.m. And then I'm up till 7 p.m. And then I get home by like 8.30. So I'm almost up for like 24 hours. Yep. And that's usually my first day. Gosh. So that that was always that's tricky a for hard me day. Mm-hmm. Because I would eat when I got up. And then I would usually eat dinner and then I would like, you know, bring a meal. But then I don't know. A lot of the times it's either like, I don't know. That, sorry, that was like a long rant. But like either I'm like under eating or I'm just like eating like five meals because I'm up for like 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just weird. It's a weird yeah, life. No, that's so hard. I mean, I've never worked a schedule like that, so I can't even imagine. But yeah, that sounds really difficult to manage. I mean – if you were a client of mine saying that, I would pretty much say still try to hit your macros and you would just want to space your meals out throughout that time from when you wake up to when you go to bed. Yeah. But obviously that does take more planning too. So if you're having like breakfast and dinner and then throughout your shift, maybe just one meal. I mean, it still sounds like you would be able to hit a day of eating, like totally. a day of balanced macros. It doesn't sound like the nutritional content would be different. It would just take some strategy in terms of what you're eating. Um, Because again, I feel like people that I've talked to in healthcare, a lot of times, if they haven't worked with a coach or don't have the nutritional education, they just tend to grab very like carb heavy, very sugary, quick options that give you like that quick energy. And then it just drops. And there's not a lot of balanced eating from what I have seen. So I think it's just a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more strategy with it because it's not like you're not eating anything. Like people Mm -hmm. are still eating. They're just not maybe making the most nutritious choices. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when that when that would happen to me too, like I essentially would probably sleep as late as I could and it would be like eleven or twelve and like tracking macros for almost 24 hours is it's really hard because like I eat like straight up every three hours. Like I have to, like we we're both baby nurses and I'm like, I mean, I like I'm starving. Like, or sorry, we're both baby nurses and babies eat every three hours. And like that's like literally how we're like <laughs> that's I the like joke. I we joke eat as often I, as our babies. I <laughs> love need, it. Need to eat that often. And so it was really hard. Like there were days I like, yeah, I really had to plan ahead and like pre-plan all of my macros and stuff for those days, which I do typically. But like, then there are days where I'm still freaking hungry and I've already hit my macros, but I've been up for almost 24 hours now. So like, yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. That's so hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I would say to a client who's in that position or if that was you is volume meals, just having more volume with your meals. So you stay full for longer. So like adding more vegetables, which are Mm -hmm. obviously super low calorie, but have higher fibers that you stay more satiated. So if you're already having balanced meals, that shouldn't be too hard or just have like a salad on the side, um, like with your actual meal, because it's just more volume and you will stay more full because then you're still having all of your macros and calories for the day. You're just hopefully going to be more satiated with it. Yeah. Um, 
But also if you're up for longer and you're active and you're on your feet and you're holding babies or whatever you're doing, (laughs) then you might be burning more calories and you might be able to eat more calories too. So it kind of depends on the situation also. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I feel like I would always like work out those days too, like before my first shift. So like, yeah, you're already like having burned more, which then – totally. Because I just slept for 12 hours. So I'm like, oh, and then I have – I have seven hours before my shift, so it's the perfect time for me to go to the gym. But then it's oh, it's like the longest day ever, and I'm like more hungry because I just yeah. walked out. But yeah, yeah, that's the toughest well, day. Those <laughs> days you might just need like a couple hundred extra calories too, like an extra protein bar or something. Yeah, like I, I think it just depends on the situation and the person. Like, it's definitely not a one size fits all. <laughs> totally, nothing is one size fits all. Because then there are those people that you know, like aren't like exercising or aren't as active and like those macros are going to be a lot lower for them too if they're not, you know, um, having as much energy expenditure. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a case by case for sure. But like, yeah, it's, it's a rough schedule um, we've had. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. I've never done anything night shift, but I'm, I don't even like to stay up late. Like I don't even like to stay up past like 10, 15 PM ever. I'm like I'm not a night. Terrific. Person. It's like it's so bad for you. It's so bad for your body. It's so hard. But um, hopefully, yeah. I'm done forever now because I never want to do that again. I feel like yeah. once you meet like a certain amount of years, generally, then you can decide if like you're you're done yeah. with that and then make all the newbies take over, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially with travel nursing too, you can like only take contracts that are day shift. You can be like, no, I will not work nights. Mm-hmm. So, travel nursing seems like the move from what I've heard. It's nice. It's pretty great. It is also stressful. Like Hannah and I were just talking before we started recording, but like, yeah, you you have to change gyms or like sometimes you don't have access to a gym or like it's just each situation is so different that it can be really hard to stay consistent. Yeah. yeah. And you have to like settle into a new place and mm-hmm. like your bearings and figure out where everything is and you're moving every three months, which is very high stress, of course. And yeah. you want to like explore new cities. Like you're like, oh, and cool. Yeah. I'm Just in a big drink. foodie city. Yeah. Like you want to go out and do things yeah. and it's right. Yeah. But I'm going to New York City next. So I'll be there. I'm moving in on Saturday. Um, but I like the idea of doing like a meal prep kit or something like that mm-hmm. while I'm there because – I mean, I'm not going to have a car, obviously. And then when I do go grocery shopping, I'll just have to like do just what I need for the day kind of thing. But I feel like that would help a lot for my dinners, which is what I struggle with the most anyway, is like being creative with dinner. So I'm going to have to look into something like that. Meal prep kits are so helpful. If if you have a crazy schedule, like anything, like even the HelloFresh, like I wouldn't say they're very macro-friendly. But there are like more macro-friendly ones like HelloFresh. I forget what they're called. But there are there's similar ones. And I'm sure in New York City, there's tons of options for meal prep services too. So yeah. I would just shop around a little bit. But that will that will help you out so much. I did, I'm definitely going to um, look into it. I used Sunbasket when I was living in Boston. Okay. Um, because this was in 2018, I think. Um, but there weren't as many options at that point, but this was like the one that had like gluten-free or like dairy-free options. Cause HelloFresh was like, here's the flour, here's the sour cream, here's the cheese and everything. And I was like, okay, I well, can't eat this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I I think it is a good idea, especially for living in a city. Like in New York, you are not going to be going on like giant grocery trips unless you get it delivered to your house too. Yeah. Yeah, that could be really helpful. I do that anyways, and I definitely don't need to, but it's so helpful. (laughs) It saves you so much time. The grocery stores here are crazy always. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like those ideas. Um, what would you recommend for I guess night shift nurses or just nurses in general for like working out or like how can they incorporate it into their lifestyle easier? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say always try to go before your shift, not after your shift. That's kind of the one thing. I mean, after a 12 hour, 14 hour shift, you're not going to want to go to the gym. So I'd say if possible in your schedule, try to just go straight from the gym to work. So maybe just go right before and then have everything already prepped, ready to go, um, to go into your shift. Or if you cannot go to the gym, find a workout plan at home. You know, it's moving your body, um, going for a walk, going for a run, anything to get you moving 30 minutes a day or – I mean, I usually recommend weight training minimum three to five days a week. But as long as you're moving 30 minutes per day, that's still going to be obviously very, very beneficial for your body. Um, so just finding any way to get moving and not giving into excuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so doing it before your shift and – whether you need to buy a couple of sets of dumbbells to have at home so you can do a 30-minute workout at home before you go, just making it a priority because you know, number one, you're going to feel better, but mentally you're going to be able to show up better. Your energy is going to be better for your shift and for health reasons, of course. So not giving into excuses when it gets hard because it's going to get hard. That's pretty much my biggest tip. Like there's no way to sugarcoat that. Yeah. I think too, like, with our schedule with well not my schedule now but like three shifts a week you I mean that's an early early morning if you're doing day shift I will say that is like you have to be there at 7 a.m well you have to be in the unit ready to get report at 7 a.m so you usually get there probably like 6 45 ish so that's like an early ass morning but you also still have four days a week where you're not working. Right. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, four days a week is great. Like if you Mm -hmm. can work out four days a week, that's perfect. I mean, I have – most of my clients do work out four days per week. Um, But I also have clients who go to the gym at 4 a.m. So, you know, it kind of just – it depends on the person and the situation. Mm -hmm. Like I would probably still try to go to the gym at 4 a.m. a couple of times. Because I actually did that. When I was a personal trainer, I did go to the gym at 4 a.m. And – I think it just, I mean, it depends on the type of person you are, of course, but four days a week of working out is great. Like four days a week is better than no days a week. It's better than two days a week. It's better than one day a week. So as long as you're moving your body and you're still getting, putting that effort in, and Mm -hmm. even if it's three days a week, like you're, you're doing more than you would be otherwise. Seriously. I think with, with, when I was working night shift, it was a lot easier for me to wake up early before that shift and work out. Um, and then when I was on days, it was like days in the winter. It was my, my gym's in my garage. It was cold as hell, like getting up at four in the morning. And I was like, I like, I am not motivated to do this like whatsoever. So then I would usually just work out all my days off. Yeah. (laughs) Could not. I would definitely like, (laughs) yeah, I would always like set my, not always, but I've set my alarm for like early, like I'm going to get up, I'm going to work out today. And then it goes off and I'm like, are you kidding me? 
<laughs> it's pitch black outside. I'm not getting up. I'm snooze. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, if you have four days to work out, I think that's completely fine. It's like yeah. Yeah. four days a week of working out is great. As long as you're prioritizing it on those days, you're still going to be able to make a lot of progress. But you do need to have a plan in place. I think yeah. that's another thing that a lot of people just don't – they don't plan for it. They don't have a structure for it. And I really encourage you to have a plan. Um, again, if you don't want to work with a trainer, if you don't want to work with a coach, make one for yourself. Write it out mm-hmm. like Monday I have off. I'm going to train upper body. I'm going to do push day, Tuesday legs. Like have an actual plan for yourself so you can stick to it because otherwise it is really easy to just fall off or not prioritize it or just end up going on like a 15 minute run or like a one mile walk or whatever it might be when maybe your goals are to build strength or change your body composition and doing that and half, half assing it is not going to get you there. Um, yeah, but it depends on the importance of the like physical side to that person as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's one girl that I follow on Instagram who's a nurse and when she did day shift like three days a week, she would do she would work out every on all of her days off, so four days, and then she would wake up early on that first shift of the three. So she would get up at four, whatever, go to the gym, and then it was like done. So that because she was going to be tired like the next two days or whatever, but she's still working out for five five days a week. And I was like, that's a good way to do it. If yeah. you're gonna like wake up early, like just do it, get it over with like Once. right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. I'm I'm the same way. I like to work out in the morning no matter what time it is. I'd rather get it done, like no mm-hmm. matter what my schedule looks like. And I think it's the best way to do it. But it also helps your energy for the entire mm-hmm. rest of the day. Yeah. It will help you out and it'll help your mental clarity. It'll help you feel more positive throughout the day. So you do have to prioritize. Again, it, it all goes back to the basics. It's not easy to make that decision, but you have to prioritize it because no one else is going to make you do it. It has yeah. to be you. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, it really, yeah, it just comes down to <laughs> your own, like, like, what? It's not your motive. It's your planning and your adherence to that plan. It's, it's not it's, motivation. It's not motivation, right? Like, it's like, nope, you are just sticking with this and it's going to become a habit and it's going to become a part of your lifestyle. And, like, it just becomes, then it, it's not easy, but it's easier to continue to do. Right. Absolutely. Once it's a habit, it generally does stick. You just have to keep at it for a couple months and then it does start to feel easier and easier. So, but it is discipline. It's not motivation. Yeah. Like I have clients me all the time, like, how can I get motivated? I'm not motivated to go to the gym. And I'm like, your consistency is going to build your motivation, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like once you get into a really good routine, you're, you're going to just inherently know that you're not going to be relying on motivation and it gets a lot easier to just show up and do it anyways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, yep. I won't BS It's It's the truth. Like, I, I'm not motivated every day, but I show up and I do it. It's the same thing that you would do with work, right? You wouldn't just not show up to work because you don't want to go that day. Like, right. you're still going to show up because you have a commitment. You have to. It's, yeah. You have to make the same mindset around the gym too. Exactly. Like, you're committing to yourself and your health and, like, that should be the same level of importance as it is to go to work. Yeah, absolutely. That's your life. You're not showing up as your best also. Yeah. Agreed. I love it. So true. Um, So I'm curious how you got into the space in the first place. Like, were you always into fitness or like what was your journey like getting to this point? 
that is a very long story. So I'm going to try to just sum it up <laughs> and make it a little shorter for you. Um, I was active my entire life. Um, my family was always very active. I was actually in classical ballet um, from ages four to 15. And then um, as I got older, again, ballet is a pretty intensive and just kind of toxic environment. So I just mm-hmm. had some scenarios that weren't that great. I was told that I was too muscular. Um, I didn't have the right body type to be a ballerina. And at 15 years old, that was just completely devastating. And literally my entire world was over. So I quit dance and I got my first, um, I would say like real job working as a lifeguard at a gym. And I started doing kind of like sports. I did softball, cheerleading. I played soccer and when I was in high school and I learned about lifting weights. Funny enough, cheerleading was actually what introduced me to lifting weights because oh. we had to do – I was just thinking back to this. We had to do like preseason and I hated cheerleading. I did like two months of it and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Um, but they brought us into like the high school weightlifting center and taught us how to lift weights, um, which was actually really cool now that I think of it. Um But I started working at a gym as a lifeguard. And so I was at the gym all the time because I think I think I got what we get our license at 16, right? So I couldn't drive yet. I remember that. But I was working as a lifeguard. So my my uh, dad would drop me off and I would be at the gym for hours, like before my shift, during my shift, after um, until I could get picked back up. So I would just work out. And I was, I became friends with a lot of the personal trainers at the gym. I started learning about all different types of fitness. So bodybuilding, powerlifting, I did like the classes they had. And honestly, I had a really, really bad relationship with my body and food at the time because coming from dance um, and just being told that like you don't look the part, I was always, I'm very like short and I'm 5'1 and I'm very like, I'm not even that muscular, but I, I have a lot of muscle for someone who's pretty tiny. Yeah. I have a really small frame and a lot of muscle. Um, so in the dance world, that's not what they wanted. They wanted like the like – Tall very, and thin. And, yeah, yeah, very tall, very thin, and that just wasn't my body. And obviously now that I'm much older, I can look back and I just remember like comparing how my body looked in a leotard when I started – getting boobies and my hips were growing and I just like didn't I wasn't the skinny girl and now obviously we love that for us but at the time that was um just like devastating and I um I had this really just bad mindset around food and my body but during that time I learned a lot about tracking macros so I started just diving into it, like learning as much as I possibly could. So there's this guy, he's still a great resource. Um, he's a PhD dietitian. His name is Lane Norton, but I was obsessed. I would watch every single nutritional video he had. And um, a lot of other shit kind of happened in my life at that time. Like my best friend died when I was 15. Um, just like, like there was really, really hard things. Like my life changed a lot. I transferred high schools. My parents had a messy divorce, like just like a lot of BS that at 15, 16 years old, you don't want to deal with. So I started just, I went through that like crazy toxic boys partying phase when I was really young, like really young, like 15, 16, 17. And 
I would say fitness really saved me because I still like throughout that time, like it wasn't necessarily a healthy coping mechanism at that time, but I learned so much. And so when I got to college, I was like, obviously I'm going to study kinesiology. And <laughs> I competed in bodybuilding when I was 18. Oh my gosh. That's um, so cool. Yeah, I studied or I became a personal trainer right when I turned 18. And then when I was in college, I personal trained. And I loved personal training. And I was actually – I wanted to go pre-med. So I actually wanted to be a doctor. Um, wow. And I took – obviously, when you're studying kinesiology, you take all like the nursing science classes as well. So, And my mom's a doctor. So that's what I thought I wanted to do. But honestly, I just loved personal training. And I had my Instagram. So social media – and I know people look at social media and they're like, these – dumb influencers. They don't know. <laughs> For me, it was really started as just like a diary, like a way to share kind of that transition from like the restrictive eating and like um, that negative body image place because I knew so many women could relate to that. And it was just kind of like, like a little way of like sharing my journey. And it, Instagram and social media used to be really different then than it is now. Definitely. Right. Uh-huh. Very different. But there wasn't that many people who weren't like bodybuilders in fitness that were sharing their lifestyle and their workout. So I think what what we'd call it now is just like lifestyle fitness, which is what you see everywhere. But at the time, that wasn't very common. Yeah. Um, It was really just like bodybuilding or nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And like 2015, 2016 – And I was personal training in person. I was working two other jobs because I moved across the country and I had no money. And so I was working as a personal trainer. I worked in supplements. So I I worked at GNC and I did like supplement demos. So I was really in the fitness space. Um, And then I learned about – I had online coaches myself. So I like – I had my own coaches when I competed in bodybuilding. And then I hired another coach. Um, and so I knew what it was, but lifestyle coaching was not a thing then either. It was literally just bodybuilding. But I mean, really long story short, I visited a friend in California who was doing fitness coaching. I was in college. It was my third year of college. And I was like, why am I in college when I'm literally working three jobs and I'm already working full time and I don't want to keep going? <laughs> so kind of stupidly, I dropped out of college, but it ended up working out. So I dropped out after three years and I went full-time with personal training, got my nutrition certification, um, fully just put everything into my business. And here we are almost five years later. That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. That's quite a journey. Yeah. There's definitely a lot there to unpack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. I feel like we could have spent the whole time just talking about your journey. I've done podcasts before, like about my story and like the first because I have a podcast, but I don't I don't market it because I'm not very consistent with it. So Okay. Um, but if you want to check it out, the first ever episode is me like just deep diving into the story a little more. Um there's definitely a lot of bumps and turns and you know, (laughs) not great things that happen to get to where we are now. Yeah. Which is like so true for, you know, everyone too. Like everyone's story is so interesting and it's it's always cool to hear like what people have done with with their trials and everything. So and seeing where you are now is really awesome. That was actually the goal of my podcast. Like I have quite a few episodes with different guests who share like their story and like their kind of like come up story. And that's kind of what I wanted 
I didn't want it to just be all fitness. I wanted it to be kind of like people's outlet to like share how they got from that like low, low to where they are now. Yeah. Well, it is, it is like inspirational and, and motivating and I'm sure like a lot of people can relate to that, you know, so yeah. thank you for sharing. That's so cool. Of course. No, I'm so happy that we did this. I think yeah. it was great. Yeah. So one, what is your podcast called? And then two, how can people find you um, and start <laughs> if they want to like start working with you, like how do they go about that? Yeah. Okay. So my podcast is called Dedicated to Growth and it's on Spotify. So it's only on Spotify. I think I have like 20 episodes. So there is quite a bit there if you do end up wanting to look into it. And I have some fun guests and we did like a girly chit chat one all about boy drama. So if you want to hear all the, and there's like very fitness focused episodes as well. So cool. I'll definitely check it out. Um, And then you can find me on Instagram at fit underscore and underscore dedicated, which I know is really obnoxious. And (laughs) it's really obnoxious. But honestly, it's been that name for I think eight years or more now. So I'm like, I can't change it. No, you can't change it. That's what people know you as. Yeah. I know. Exactly. it's the brand now, so we're we're going with it. No one will know my name. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and then if you want to work with me, my website and coaching application is just linked right in my bio. And so I do free consultation calls for anybody who's interested because I don't want to work with you if I can't help you. <laughs> and I want to know more about you and your background and your goals. So um, if you want to talk to me more, you can check that out too. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Sarah. It was great chatting with you. Yes. Of course. I'm and I so will say, yeah, I will say I've literally been working her, with her for it'll be two weeks tomorrow. And like I've worked with coaches in the past and I just can already like – there's just already great results. Like I'm already like this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted – and it's everything. She's like amazing. She's an amazing resource, always like available. She has got the workout. She's got like the meals. She's got like – it's so customizable. She's awesome. So highly recommend. I'm going to cry. We're going to try not to cry. But <laughs> I feel like whenever I hear my clients talk about me, it's like the most emotional thing. But oh, thank you. <laughs> but, and Emily's goal is one that I find that's really, really common. Like for a lot of women who are confused on why they're not gaining muscle and losing body fat, a lot of the times they're not eating enough. And with Emily, we're working on what I call body recomposition. So changing like the composition of muscle mass to fat ratio. And that could be a whole other episode, but pretty Mm -hmm. much changing body composition is what I do. And it's a flexible dieting approach, non-restrictive. I fully explain everything I do. So, um, it's, if you're going to work with someone, vet them, make sure they know what they're talking about. Make sure they can explain what they do. Because what I find with a lot of coaches now is they'll just like give you like a plan or a set of macros or a set of calories and be like, okay, see ya. Good luck. Um, But just make sure you ask questions. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like literally what just happened to me. But yeah, before I was working with you. Oh my gosh. But it's great. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. um, Thank you so much. It was great meeting Um, you. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys. Yes. I'll see you in the next one. Well, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'd love to have you on again, yes. definitely. Um, thanks for listening, guys. You'll catch us uh, next Friday um, on another episode of Drunk or Delirious. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe.
This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.